Welcome to the Hidden Why podcast, episode 995. This is my interview with Shanna Kennedy, The Life Plan. Enjoy. Hello, Shanna. Welcome to the Hidden Why podcast. Great to have you here today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to to come and share the messages. Fellow Aussie here on the podcast. Boom. I like it. <laughs> we, um, I don't get too many Aussies on the podcast, hey? Yeah, I know. I, I saw on your um, on your site all the amazing American people that you've been interviewing and one of my favourites, which is Greg McEwen. Um, yeah. He wrote the Essentialism and uh, Effortless. Yeah, that was uh, a great um, conversation. Well done. Yeah, he's a great man. It's it's such a, a privilege for me to be able to speak to people like yourself and, and those guys as well. You know, everyone has such interesting stories and information to share and it's very diverse i don't really have a niche focus really i guess other than you know you've written the book life it was it life plan the life plan yeah the life plan um and i guess that's where it comes from for me is is talking to people about you know figuring out life and that's why i started this podcast because i'm trying to figure out life you know so i interview (laughs) people that can can help me do that so um well (laughs) i think so but you know sometimes i wonder but it's um it's really a privilege to get to speak to the likes of yourself and you know Greg and, and people like that. So great to have you here. You've got a lot of interesting work, but I just want to jump into your backstory. Um, before you got into coaching, which is what you do now, executive coaching, I suppose is that what you'd call it? Yeah, it's mainly executive, but it's athletes. It's it's any human really that wants to improve or learn or grow or evolve. Okay, so you te- you you coach a lot of athletes. Yeah, athletes into retirement. Is that right? Mm, that oh, was so. why I started being a coach 20 years ago was, you know, 20 years ago, nobody cared about athletes after sport. And Right. So you help athletes transition from their sporting days to their retirement yeah. plan. So who are, who are you without your job? Who are you without your title? Uh-huh. Um, and 20 years ago, for me, working in corporate sport, I saw an enormous amount of destruction. I saw a whole lot of people falling down who were our heroes and there was nobody cared and nobody, there was nothing to help them. And that's why I actually studied life coaching 20 years ago to coach athletes specifically into retirement to build them as a human being rather than just as a a footballer or a cricketer or a swimmer um, was actually to build them as a human, a whole human and a person where it doesn't matter what job we do, we're still pretty grounded in ourselves. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, I know it was it was bloody hard. <laughs> how did you? How did you? Oh, because you worked in the sporting field. Then is that how you picked up yeah. on that? Right. Yeah. So I I looked after two hundred athletes. I had the Jerry Maguire job of buying and selling athletes, and um, so I had the two hundred athletes that I looked after anyway. So I had an instant. In any particular clients. sporting field, or was it just? Um, I covered ten different sports like cricket. Uh, all the Olympic sports, winter Olympic sports, yeah, um, right. football, cycling, volleyball, Ironman, triathlon, anything that wear that wore eyewear, yeah. um, that was my that was my specialty. Interesting, very interesting. And mm. any names that you can mention that you've sort of worked with? Well, I don't know well, if you're allowed to. Best, well, yeah, I was with you know the um, Glenn McGrath and Brett Lee and. Um, uh, a lot of the footballers. I'm not really allowed to say too many names that no. I work with. Kerry Podast, who won gold. 
um, Elisa Camplin, who won gold. Um, so they've all been with me. Um, Lauren Burns, who won gold in Taekwondo. Mm. Um, they've all, you know, transitioning really, really well. Yeah. And um, it was a really tough time because nobody wanted to hear about life after sport. Nobody wanted to care. It was like in the too hard basket. So it was a really tough path for me to forge, apart from the fact no one had ever heard of a life coach ever before. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's quite, um, yeah, life coaching in Australia, how do you feel it's being taken now? Because I know, you know, America's big on it. Um, we have a lot of coaches that come on the on the podcast. But in Australia, I don't know, is it taking taking on? Like are people starting to accept that, yeah, coaching is probably a good thing? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's taken 20 years, though. But yeah. it's a little bit like, you know, if you really want to be fit, get a coach, get a trainer. Yeah. If you really want to go to the, the next level or learn about it or evolve your body or really make change or be accountable, you need a coach. Hmm. 90% of people need a coach. There's 10% of the incredible self-driven. But it's exactly the same with our life. I actually employ a coach every five years for myself to really get someone to come in to my whole life and have a look and pick up any wrinkles that there are, you know, iron those creases out, ask me the hard questions because we can't coach ourselves, you know, we can't ask ourselves the really tough questions mm. because we're very good at giving a nice story as an answer right. <laughs> to avoid the answer. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that's cool. Um, and how do you, uh, I guess with the, the clients that you're dealing with, um, what is it? What is the challenge of, of change that is really limiting, I suppose, because that's what you help people with, I imagine. You guide them through that change to help them figure out, you know, a life plan, essentially. Yeah, well, the life plan was really about teaching people to start from the ground up and build yourself as a person. So if you don't know your values to start with, how do you know if you're going to be making the right decisions in the future? So Starting really, with values. Yeah, start yeah. with the values. Yeah. and build your map from your values, which is what's most important to you. Um, and what I found was people were making all these decisions or building really big businesses or climbing the corporate ladder, and it was totally not in alignment with their values. Yeah. That's why they were miserable or trying to escape through alcohol or drugs or any other kind of escaping mechanism that we may have. Yeah. So I think it was... Um, the life plan was about looking 20 years ahead, 30 years ahead. So I always think of my, I'm 50, my 70-year-old self. Hmm. So what would my 70-year-old self be saying to me today about the decisions that I'm making? Yeah. How often do you do that as a practice? Like as far as, you know, visioning the 10-year the self, the 70-year-old the self, et cetera. Is that saying you do oh, because regularly? I, because I teach it, I do it all the time. You do it all the time. Because it's what I talk about all the time. So I'm always sitting here just reflecting or about to make a decision and it goes on my 20-year plan. Oh. So my 20-year plan has got boxes for everything every year and I type in the boxes and it really helps me make decisions. Hmm. So, for example, you know, people said you should start your own podcast um, and I'm like, yeah, I know, but... I have a book coming out. I have a full practice. I've got a couple of teenagers. <clears throat> really, is it the right time for me to be starting a podcast? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and really enjoying it. That's enjoying right. Enjoying the guests, enjoying the research. Yeah. Whereas when I put it in 10 years' time when I'm 60, it was like joyous. It was like, oh, I would love to indulge in that. 
But at the moment, the coaching is so important, the speaking, the helping people through lockdown. I'm happy to be the guest on the podcast, but I don't really have the time or the technology prowess to make it happen really quickly. Yeah. Well, it's about the energy, you know, conserving the energy and, and putting your attention where you need to be. And I think to really understand your boundaries, you have to become self-aware of that. And and like you said, you know your values. So you can then sit there and go, you know what, like whilst that sounds like a nice thing, is it the right thing for me right now? And if you don't know those exactly. boundaries, then how do, you, how do you manage that? So perhaps we can go to the values and, and then maybe work towards that as well. But do you have any particular mm. practices that you work with people, like, you know, to, to understand their values? Yeah, we all must do the values games. They have to come up with their three top three values. Okay. So, for example, mine is health. Yep. And health doesn't mean do I wake up every day and feel great. Mm. It means what am I doing consciously today for my physical health, yep. mental health, emotional health, spiritual health. They're yep. all pillars. Yep. And I, I need all of the cans full. So what are all the re- routines and rituals every day that can keep them running at a really great level? It's like you can't help anyone else if your tanks are empty. Mm. <clears throat> so that's very important. And then secondly for me is family happiness. So that doesn't mean is my family happy because I've got, you know, teenagers and who knows what's going to happen and we're in lockdown, etc. It is about how am I showing up? Yeah. Am I showing up being a fun and inspiring wife? Because that's mm. what I signed up to be. Or am I showing up being a warm and nurturing mum? And if I'm not, then I need to go and look at my diary. Like why am I overloading myself or being an A-type overachieving perfectionist? Yeah. Yeah. At the cost of me showing up. And the third one for me is achievement because I am the achievement junkie. Um, so what I've had to do is learn achievement in a different light, which is it is an achievement to do my meditation, to do my journaling, my gratitude work, right. to, um, to, to reflect, to do the inner work. Yeah. Because for me to go and sell books or speak on stage or – or conjure up more work is really easy. I'm ridiculously driven. Yeah. And so for me, the achievement is to put the reins on, hmm. which is really difficult. Health, family, and achievement. Yeah, absolutely. But I think I like so, how you said, like, you know, you, you can, you've meditated in the morning, so you've achieved something. So you can sort of give yourself a yeah. little bit of a pat on the back. Yeah, that's right. It's a healthy achievement rather than the destructive achievement that I'm used to being, which is, you know, write 20 goals and go and smash them and burn yourself out. Yeah. Whereas this is about longevity. This is about avoiding burnout. And if I keep filling up my tank a little bit every day, then I won't burn out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I'll have a, another 20 years of this awesome career that I love. Yeah. And I love the way you put it too, understanding so your I values. So I think once then, you know, yeah. once you know them, then you say, okay, these are my values. How do I want to feel? You know, I want to feel light and vibrant and energetic. So are the choices that I'm making helping me feel that way mm. every day? Yeah. Um, is my mindset working for me to allow me to feel that way? Yeah. And then I and then you build the vision, which is where do you want to be in 10 years' time, and then you can set some really nice goals. That's good. So with the, the values part of it, um, What's what's the games there? Like, what do you do to get your clients to understand their values? Because it's a very hard task to do, you know, because you sit down there and you Google and you find a bunch of values and you just go through them and go, oh, I think I value that. I think I've, you know, 
Like, how do you yeah. get them to really clar- get some real good clarity around the values? Yeah, well, in both of my books, Life Plan and Plan B, is a, ta- a values table. Yeah. And I always ask people, just choose 10. Just start with 10. Circle 10 words that really mean something to you personally. So some people it's like, oh, creativity and freedom and wealth and pleasure. And for some people it's, you know, oh, loyalty and, and um, you know, um, order and really different personalities come through. Yeah. And so once you've got your 10, then chomp it down to five yeah. and just think of, well, what's really, really important to me? And then try and get to three. Yeah. And the three should really represent what's in your belly and in your DNA and who you are and what you're all about. Yeah. And once you have them, decision-making is simple. Yeah. It is like every decision that I have to make, is this adding to my values or taking away? Yeah. That's so cool. I think I need yeah. to re- refresh my values and <laughs> go over yes, it again. Then, I think you've got to do it regularly, you, don't you? Yeah. Once, well, once you know your values, then you put them on a sticky note. Mine's right here on the computer. It's been here for 20 years on a sticky note, which I have to change occasionally. I was going to say, same sticky note for 20 years. Right, You're doing it, well. There it is. There it is. Can you see it? Uh, I probably can't see it there. There it is. 20, uh, so 20 years, the sticky note has been on my laptop, on my car dashboard, and it's written on the mirror. Mm. So I cannot forget home base. I cannot mm. forget what the boss is. This is who I work for, my values. Yeah. So when you have that visual reminder or have it as a screensaver, yeah. you cannot over-catastrophize life. No. Because every day you're working for those three words. Yeah, it's so true. So true. I remember so, when I started looking at the values and the same thing happened. I, I was able to make better decisions or decisions easier. I shouldn't say better decisions. I still make poor decisions. But I could <laughs> make decisions easier. And I remember James Altucher, who you probably know, he's um, – I remember him talking about it once, you know. He's – what do you say? Work your, work your days in themes. So, And, again, it's his themes were, I guess, values. So – Health. Mm-hmm. Well, what, have I, what am I doing today to tick that health box, you know? What am yeah. I doing today to be aligned with that family value? Um, and I think it's great if you can sort of wake up that day, look at your values and, and then look at your schedule and go, well, how's it, how's it enhancing my values or, or limiting my values mm. today? Yeah. Well the, well, the brain needs a map. Yeah. The brain needs a computer program, some instructions every day. Hmm. Otherwise, we're, we're open slather to the weather, to the hormones, to yep. what's happening around us in the external world. Yeah. This this keeps you grounded. Hmm. This these are your non negotiable fundamental basics to go and master every day. Because we know if every day I address my mental, physical, emotional health and every day I really tried to be a uh, show up as a great wife and a and a really warm and nurturing mum. And every day I had a sense of achievement and fulfillment in life. Well, that will be the journey of my life. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty exciting. Yeah, and just super simple, really, when you think about it, you know. Uh, yeah, I know. So people come to me with such catastrophe in their minds and such drama, and when we can simplify everything for them, it's like 20 kilos just left their body. It's just this weight gets lifted. Yeah. We get this simplicity and this clarity and direction, and then we have purpose. Yeah. Because if you're working for your boss, the values, you have purpose every day. Mm. You have to go and feed that plant every day. Yeah. Um, not once a week, not once a month, but every day. Every day, yeah. Mm. I look at it, I'm in the real estate industry and, and I look at it, you know, the one thing you need to do and rather than complicating the day with all these different things that we could do, you know, 
And that's what real estate agents do. And we're getting bombarded with all these messages. You should do this. You should do that. And then we create yeah. this fear that if we don't do that, we're going to somehow miss out. But when you simplify it and just do that one thing, just wake up today and say, that's the one most important task that I need to do. And you focus on that. You feel achieved and everything else flows from there. And it's the same with the values. As you wake up every day and can just align yourself with those three values, even if you're not, you know, we never be perfect, will you? But even if you're not quite there, but you're just a, a little bit better, then that's going to yeah. go a long way. Yeah, and, and as far as comparisonitis is concerned um, and what other people are doing, you know, every other coach I think sends newsletters out. I've yeah. never sent one in my life. I think we have to just not do what everyone else is doing just because of the sake of it. Right. And really just with with your property, et cetera, mm. is we need to really go, well, what's going to make me really love my job? If I love my job, I'm going to get great results. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, you love your job and, and again, oh. it makes life um, fairly simple. Yeah. But you have to find that place of love because I remember I was in real estate. Um, I started several years ago and I was on the Gold Coast and I started and for a while I loved it and then for a while I didn't love it. And then I decided to pack everything up and go to Japan with my family. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a one-year-old and a three-year-old so we went over there for two years. But the second time I came back and I was a bit reluctant. I was going, oh, should I get back into the industry? And I did um, and I don't know... I think what I've done differently is I'm more aligned with my values now. So I'm mm-hmm. doing the job aligned with those values in mind as well. And I love what I do. I absolutely love waking up and doing real estate, you know? Yeah, I love my job. But in this 20-year plan, for example, you know, we took um, a sabbatical and we went to the US and lived in an RV for six months. Yeah. You, you, you forecast and you think, well, you know, if I'm going to do this job for another five or 10 years, how can I make the job work for me? How can I make the ride really joyful? Hmm. What's going to, what, what is the purpose of me doing this same job for the next 10 years? You know, is it financially driven? Um, do I want to evolve as well? And yeah. how am I going to grow and learn and flourish in it? Um, so when you work with a coach, you really go into these questions that make people realize every single day that they do have a purpose every day because they've done the, they've answered the questions they're very clear hmm. about why they're doing what they're doing they're not just doing it because it feels good at the time yeah 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 long termism rather than short termism oh, yeah huh. yeah look up <laughs> the um the values do you like um do you recommend you review them regularly like yearly um i guess because i'm guessing values will change over time as well. Like obviously when you have a family, you become, that mm. becomes one of your values potentially. Mm. Mm. I think every five years you, yeah. you should have a look at them. Yeah. But I think, you know, if you if you really understand yourself, they don't really change. Yeah. Um, okay. You know, mine haven't changed for 15 years. It's 20 years. It's the same. Um, you know, there's other ones, economic security and freedom and travel and adventure. There's all of these other little ones underneath. But really, that if I don't feel a sense of achievement every day, I'm actually not a very happy person. Yeah. So I, I need to set it up, my day up, so that I feel like I'm ticking things off. And when I tick things off, I'm always happy. But if I just slaughter myself, I burn out. So mm. I need to tick things off that are healthier. Yeah. I have to put some healthier items on there. Yeah. Yeah, you said you've been through some, some pretty severe burnout where you've um, gone into depression and that in your, in your mm. career. Um, what was that like? Run us through that. Uh, that. That's major burnout. Yeah. Um, that was before I became a coach because I worked 
seven days a week for about six or seven years. Wow. And um, I, I loved my job. I married my job. I was in sports marketing. Well, that is just the, a girl in her 20s. I was going to every sporting event and helicopters and Olympic games uh-huh. and flying <laughs> overseas. I mean, who wouldn't want to work seven wow. days a week? Yeah. So unhealthy. Like no self-care, no no um, skills, wellness, mental health and well-being, coping strategies, just pure slaughtering myself. The harder I work, the better it's going to be. And it was a real shame because it cost me my health. It, it, it gave me chronic fatigue and depression at mm. the end. Mm. It was a complete burnout. But the gift of that was that I saw what was happening because I was in bed for a year and I saw I really reflected on wow. what was happening with the athletes, hence my career change. Okay. Yeah, so there was some, some opportunity that came out of all that. Yeah, but when you're down and you're down like that, you're really down. It's not a nice place. You think in your 20s, I mean, I don't know, I feel like I, I did that to a level as well where I just pushed myself and work, 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 work and didn't have any connection with values at all back then. This is before I started the Hidden Wine, really. Um, and that's, I don't know, is that something that we go through in our 20s? I think so. I, I definitely think so. I think we were also, I don't know, I was brought up that, you know, go hard or go home, you know, yeah. work ethic. Yeah. Whereas I think now there's people in their 20s saying, actually, you know, I coach people in their 20s and they're saying, I don't want to burn out. I I, I can't handle this pace. It's, it's actually too much. I mean, when we used to go home from work, um, we didn't have mobile phones and comp- laptops, if you remember. So yeah. although we work seven days a week, we came home and we, we switched off. Yeah. They're not. So they are actually burning a lot more than we ever burnt. And um, you know, I really feel for them. I mm. really feel for them. Yeah, we forget about that, that infiltration of technology into our lives and how much that, you know, everyone's on their phones, you know, all day from the moment they wake up to the moment they finish, unless they've got some boundaries in place and some disciplines. It's yeah. pretty much consistent yeah. for everyone, isn't it? So that's um, yeah. So I, I, all of my clients are not allowed technology in the bedroom. Yeah. So you have to buy an alarm clock, and you have to learn to sleep properly. Because um, yeah. when I can get them stopping putting the laptop and the phone and the iPad and the Kindle and everything around them in the bedroom, and we have a sleep sanctuary. Yeah. You know, I can really start and work with them and change their life. Okay, sleep sanctuary. Oh, it's funny you bring that up because I'm quite disciplined with my, my phone usage. I've got it on silent pretty much 24-7. Mm-hmm. Um, unless I'm, I don't know, like yesterday afternoon, for example, I said I'm going to switch it off silent. It was about 5 o'clock in the afternoon. I made a few calls to some mates just to have some connection. Um, they didn't pick up their phone, so I thought I'm going to leave it so I can hear it if they do call back because I really wanted to talk to someone. And so I did that, but mostly it's on, you know, it's on silent and um, I was talking to someone because I bring it into the bedroom for my alarm clock and they said, well, just get an alarm clock and leave it out of your bedroom. So perhaps I need to do that, huh? Well, the only, the reason that we get people to do that, I've got a beautiful alarm clock. It's one of those Bose ridiculous $500 ones. Um, and so I said to my husband, I've bought this crazy alarm clock. You have to get your phone out. Um, so there's absolutely no technology. But the reason is, is because... If that's the last thing that you touch before you go to sleep and the first thing you touch in the morning, there's, there's stress responses get triggered in your body that create cortisol. Yep. And we all know that on the phone is breaking news and Snapchat and Twitter and Instagram and yep. all of our work emails. So it's like bringing the filing cabinet in next to your bed and not consciously, 
but in your subconscious is not switching off properly. Hmm. I like it. Okay. Well, yeah. I have to go get one. And now, plus, if we don't yeah. want our children to sleep with their phones, we have to be that role model as well. Yeah, I like it. So what what do you do with your technology? How do you control it? Is there any um, Well, you... I've got teenagers yeah. and at 9.30 every night, used to be 8 o'clock at night, well, I've had to keep like extending, but um, it all, all phones would go into my office. Okay. So all, all family members have to gone. put it all into one office? Family. Yeah, my husband's the CEO. He's the same. Sorry, it's all shut down. And then we can, you know, watch a show as a family or, you know, when what it was... What time do you go to bed? To well, that's about my bedtime. Yeah, we're about 10 now. But we, when we did it at 8 o'clock, it was fantastic because then we could watch something together or play a game together. Um, whereas now, you know, they're, they're 15 and 17 now. I'm starting to lose all the control now. But they've got such incredible sleep habits, both of them, mm. um, that I think it was well worth all of it. And my husband and I, incredible sleep. We, we don't wake up at 2 in the morning with worry brain or anything like that. We've really trained ourselves to be great at sleeping. And that's what makes you wake up fresh. That's what makes life incredible. Sleep mm. is our medicine. It's the dishwasher for the brain. A lot of talk about sleep at the moment. What, what are your sort of, how do you, what's your sleep environment and your, your sleep habits look like? Um, well, I've got the bookends of the day, I call them, the AM and the PM. So in the morning is I do breathing work um, in bed before I even get up. So I do that, set my intention, move my body. It's called yep. the three M's. Make your bed, move your body, mindful shower. So getting up and um, moving. So 6 AM I'll get out and walk um, and then I'll um, – my bed's already made in the dark, go out walking and then have a mindful shower where, you know, you're going through the gratitude, you're going through the senses, you're feeling the water on the skin. Otherwise, all you do is get up, open your laptop, touch your phone and your day's gone. So really protecting that first hour of the day is mm. non-negotiable for me. Yeah. And then I'll write in my five-minute journal. Yeah. Um, you know, what I'm grateful for, what would make today great, what's my affirmation for the day, and then boom, I start the day, and yeah. it's huge. Mm. Um, and then the other end of the day, which is your last hour of the day, I really try to be precious about as well, which is turning the phone off, yeah. you know, at least an hour before bed. It is brushing my teeth, going to the mirror, self-connection, doing some breath work, putting on the diffuser getting my room ready it's just a sanctuary in here it's so beautiful in here that um it's about sleeping it's about re being restorative it's about caring it's self-care yeah it's a wellness habit yeah yeah i love it do you um do you have a fitbit or anything like that that sort of monitors your sleep no any think, of that? no nope, nope, just sleep just sleep yeah. <laughs> just sleep because once you start getting into your fitbit and everything then you start that subconscious again is working. You're saying, oh, I wonder what happened and this this. So we're so stuck in the analytical brain. So it's really nice to just to let go and be a human being. Yeah, um, and, and you'll know that by how you feel, I suppose. Like yeah. once you get your sleep routine, you'll go, yeah, I sleep bloody well. I go to bed. I don't wake up until the morning. And What more do you want? <laughs> and I'm, I'm highly productive. I'm happy. My moods are, you know, aligned. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it affects everything. Yeah. So that's a really good point. I started looking yeah. at it because my yeah. mate had one and I was just like, that's interesting. I'd, I'd like to see what my sleep's like, but maybe I'll just borrow one for a week just for the purpose. But 
Yeah. Not live yeah. with it and attach don't to it. Live by, don't live by being attached to more technology no, and no, more right. data yeah. because we have so much of this overload. Mm. Um, Matthew McConaughey's book, Green Lights, I love, and the one line I took from it was, there's so much drama in the world, don't create more for yourself. And so we invite all the new problems in and new yeah. dramas in all the time, right. whereas mm. we just need to flow and let go a little bit. You're absolutely right. Human beings, not human doings. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're an achiever, and I oh, reckon yes. this must have been hard, but you feel guilty, yeah, when you're not doing and you're not working and mm-hmm. all that sort of thing. How, have you, how do you cope with that or how do you help others do that? Because I'm assuming it's the same with the people that you, you coach and guide. Yes, well, my, the way that I teach and get my head around it is we actually set it as a goal. So if my goal is Friday afternoon do nothing, What's the goal? The goal is actually I need to do nothing. So the, I've given the brain the instruction, whereas if I just think, oh, I'm just not doing anything, I, I get angry. I'm like, well, I'm not being productive or I'm not achieving anything. Oh, whereas if the goal is go and rest, go and read a book, listen to a podcast, sit in the garden, sit yeah. down the beach and just sit on your towel for an hour and just breathe, oh, what a great goal. I'll go and do that. But yeah. if I haven't set it as a goal, I find as a very high A-type perfectionist overachieving person, <laughs> yeah. um, I can't cope very well with the downtime. So if I set it as a goal um, and I give it a little structure to it, yeah. you know, you can go go and listen to one hour of audio book. Oh, that's, that's like, oh, I could tick that off the list. Yeah, okay. So I give myself permission and I think – the word permission is very important because people don't give themselves permission to refuel. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. It's like, it's like, oh, I might fall behind or I might get, I might think I'm lazy or I might get bored or whatever it might be in their mind, but they don't give themselves permission to actually go and refuel all of their tanks. Yeah. Do you think it's culturally like sort of embeddedness too? Like a- 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's um, in the workplace. I mean, I come from a retail executive management background, and you know, you just—it was just embedded in the in the in the business. It seemed that hey, the harder you work, you're not going to get paid for it, but you're going to get seen and respected, and that's going to help you with yeah. your career, sort of, you know, culture. And I guess that's maybe where it starts. But um, I like your point about you know giving yourself permission and setting it as a goal, because certainly that's one thing I've started to do. Is say, you know what, I'm going to finish at five o'clock today. And I'm going to do X, Y, or Z. And I'm, I know you yeah. can try and schedule it too, you know, because I'm very big on my, my calendar. Well, um, I think that, that we're all athletes, yeah. right? So we're all athletes of life. Yeah. And we're all running this huge marathon. Mm. And if we do not stop at all the drink stations and have a little stretch, what is the end of the marathon going to look like, mm. right? So you've got these people that burn and they churn and, you know, have cardiac arrests and they just have disease at the end of their life, we could pace ourselves a little bit if we could give ourselves permission. Like if you stop work at 4 o'clock instead of 5 o'clock, would it really make any difference over that whole journey? Hmm. But you'd have more lifestyle. You would have more joyous memories because when we're people are at the eulogy, no one's saying, oh, he worked the extra hour every day, you know, or he worked hard. They're saying, well, he, he really – um, enjoyed life. He had some great values. You know, he yeah, really yeah. cared about people's mental health and well-being. He was supportive. 
no one cares if you sold another hundred books. Yeah, yeah. It's about character, you know, and that's yeah. what you sometimes have to think about is, you know, how, how will I how will I feel about this at the end of my life when I'm I'm lying on my last day, you know? Absolutely. Is it really going to matter? And when I ask my 70-year-old self these questions all the time, which I never used to, mm. um, it really gives me permission because I can hear the older, wiser me saying, just stop at the drink station, have a Gatorade, refuel, yeah. Yeah. stop burning. Yeah. And you think young people are feeling this too now? Because that's sort of, again, I feel like it's part of the journey of, of learning and, and, you know, I think when you get to maybe 50, 60, 70, you really start to understand this is what really matters in life and then your focus shifts to, you know, family and health and things like that more. Whereas young, you, you know, it's a different sort of direction almost, different mindset. Oh, very different, very different. But we go through ages and stages, right? Yeah. So there's a seven-year life cycle that you go through. So, you know, in your 20s, you've got the raging hormones and you've got, um, you know, um, incredible amount of energy and it's about discovery and it's about yeah. trying all these different jobs and it's running around the playground trying all different things. Whereas by the time you're 50, you're going, well, I really like the Ferris wheel and the teacup and I'm going to really love them. <laughs> I'm going to get into it now, you know. So different ages and stages, it's just what we want to do is educate younger people because the world's changed so much now yeah. to really value their their health yeah. because they have technology 24-7 that we did not have. Yeah. And I really worry about their mental health and mm. the effect that, that it has on them. Yeah, so good. So good. What, what advice would you give your 20-year-old self? Oh, stop at the drink stations. Yeah. If I'd done that, I wouldn't have burnt out. Stop being such a perfectionist and maybe just flow with life a little bit. Trust. I didn't have this trust. It was like, oh, like you said before, if I work harder, I'll get noticed and it will be better. I won't make any more money, but I'll get noticed. Well, it cost me my health and I ended up in bed and changed my job. Like mm. It was such a complete waste. That, that, that extra 20% push that I did on top of everybody else, that um, I didn't need to do. And I think it was about, I just didn't trust that it was enough. Yeah. And I think it's about if I could tell myself, you are enough, you know enough, you need to flow. Mm. I, I would have really loved someone to be telling me that. Yeah, it's pretty true. I mean, trust, I, I got a, actually, I had it on my computer, I got a new computer. Trust the process, you know, and yeah. sometimes I beat myself up and I just think, no, hang on, you're doing the right things, you're doing what you normally do. And, as long as you, you know, keep consistent, things will all fall into place, you know, and stop putting I, that pressure on yourself. Just do the basics. Yeah. Just do the basics and do the basics really well. Yeah, yeah. And when, when we do the basics really well, look yeah. after our money, look after our health, value our friendships, work on our relationships, um, enjoy our job and love what we do, great yeah. things happen. Hmm. Great things happen. But what happens is people forget some of the basics. Oh, I haven't done my tax for five years and, you know, I owe people money and um, I don't really like my job or I haven't looked after my health at all. I'm really unfit. Well, you know, the great things aren't going to happen that no, way. No. So I always bring people back to master the basics. Yeah. And if you just keep your eye on your own plate and you master what's important on your values, life will be wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. 
How do you battle, or how do you battle with? How do you, yeah? How do you battle with perfectionism? That took me a very long time, yeah. and a couple of coaches because I had, everything had to be perfect, um, and I just got into my head that progression was more important than perfection. Yeah. So you know, the book might not be perfect. Um, I, I maybe I could have written that sentence a little bit better. Just get the book published. You know, or, oh, I've got this, you know, presentation. I've got to go on stage. There's 500 people. Oh, that slide, you know, it could, that word could be better. I just stopped doing all of that. Yeah. I just said, it's it's enough. Just just go and be. Just go and present and enjoy it. Mm. They're not, no one even knows about that word on the slide, you know. So I really stopped doing all of that stuff that was really burning me, yes. really affecting the nervous system. Um, so I think for people it's about just back off a little bit and allow progression to happen. It's, it's better that we get things done than try and get it so perfect that nothing gets done. Yeah, I like that. I'm the opposite. I'm, I'm not a perfectionist at all, and that's a challenge as well because whilst I can do things and get things done, I make a lot of mistakes. Yeah. But, um, yeah, sometimes I have to slow myself down and, and you know, cross the T's and dot the I's, spend a bit yeah. of time. But what, um, how do you define success? Success is living the life I choose. Mm. So I just, every day, it's written up on my mirror, you choose today. Yeah. So how every day it's like I choose today to be easy and effortless or to flow with the day or to get out of my own way or mm. I'm going to choose to coach 10 people today or I'm going to choose to take today off and do my self-care, whatever it might be. But everything that goes into my diary, I always say that's my choice. So yeah. I never feel trapped or I never feel burdened or overwhelmed or um, overscheduled because I chose it. So some days are ridiculously big, but I chose it because I just love going big. But then I've also chosen to <clears throat> refuel at some stage. Yeah, yeah. I um, got a few uh, fun questions for you. If you were to be served your last meal, what would you request? Oh, yes, I thought about this question a little bit. Um, I'm not a big foodie. It's a hard one. Oh, really? There yeah, you go. no. Coming so from I, Melbourne? Yeah, I know. It's cra- Oh, I know. Um, so I'm not a foodie where I gush over food. I just have food to live. I don't live for food. Yeah. Um, so food doesn't really excite me, but... I did say a really nice roast chicken with the gravy and the potatoes and the peas and the real traditional yeah, roast yeah. would be would be mine, I think. And what activity gives you the greatest sense of joy? Oh, definitely adventure, traveling with yeah. the family. Yeah. Yeah, love traveling as a family, the road trips, the music, the singing, the craziness. I love it. Yeah. Um, but we can't do that now. Um, skiing was my favorite family holidays. Um, but just walking. So I walk every morning for an hour. Yeah. And I just go down to the beach. I walk along the beach, let the dog run. And every day is completely different. Yeah. It's never the same, especially in Melbourne. Mm-hmm. Um, every morning looks completely different. So you never know once you hit the beach what you're going to get. Um, so it's only two kilometres from my house. So I nice. have a nice 6K loop. And, yeah. and um, that's my... Oh, it's often the highlight of my day. Beautiful. There you go. 
If you could pass down one book to your children or future generations, what book would that be? Have you got a favourite? Yeah, it would be Byron Katie's book, Loving What Is. Have you ever interviewed her? No. Oh, she's the bomb.com. She, um, Loving What Is. Byron Katie. Byron Katie is her name, B-Y-R-O-N-K-A-T-I-E. And she has this thing called The Work where she teaches you how to flip everything in your brain so that you are in control of everything and you don't ever feel... Um, a victim, basically. Okay. It's, yeah. it's, it is brilliant, and I want every child to read it, everyone in their 20s. And she also has another question, is that 100% true? So when people say to me, oh, I'm not very good at that, I'm like, is that 100% true? Stopping people in their tracks from making up stories about who they are, or I'm not a night person, is that 100% true? Or is that Loving what, what is, is that the title of the book? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, cool. Uh, check it out, guys. Um, that'll be a good one. I'm going to put it on my list too. Yeah, put it on your list, um, mate. Look, that's uh, that's about it for me today. Do you have any? Um, where can people go to reach out and find out more from you? Great, well, shannakennedy.com yeah. or Instagram shannakennedy. I've got public courses which um, I've been doing all through lockdown, which is teaching people the basics and self mastery. Um, they're running quite regularly. They're five week courses, um, which I coach groups of people. There's individual coaching there's the books the life plan and plan b which is just launching now which is navigating and embracing change which Mm. i wrote in the lockdown last year i had to um go and hire an airbnb one kilometer from my house so that i could write because i had the kids and my husband home so um i wrote that book in an airbnb in lockdown and that comes that's out now and it's it's really a guidebook to really help people through any change divorce loss of a loved one job um, loss, loss of a business, but it could also be change where we've decided to upgrade ourselves too and take big promotions, which means our life's going to change. Yeah, that's a good book. I'm going to stick the links in the show notes for everyone out there listening. Episode 995. Um, so check it out at thehidden.com and all the links will be there. Um, so good to have you today. Thank you for coming on the show, Shanna. Thank you, Lee, and um, I hope everyone got some valuable tools and tips today. I certainly did, and I'm sure we could cover a lot more ground. But guys, check it out at thehiddenwide.com. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. Thanks, guys, for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed what you heard. I hope you love what you're hearing. If you like this episode, guys, or any of the episodes that you're listening to here at The Hidden Why, please do me a favor by sharing it. You can share it with your families. You can share it with your loved ones. You can do that by using your favorite social media channels using the icons on the platform that you're listening to The Hidden Why podcast. Also, guys, if you're a fan of the show, please connect with me. Connect with me at thehiddenwide.com. I love to hear from you. I love to converse with the people that listen to this show to find out what they enjoy, what they don't enjoy, and perhaps if they have any questions or feedback for the show as well. You can stay up to date with all that I'm releasing here, guys. I do a solo show every Monday, a three-minute thought every Thursday. I do two interviews a week on a Wednesday and a Saturday, and a book review every Friday. You can stay up to date with all that by subscribing to my newsletter at thehiddenwire.com. Just enter your email address there, and also subscribing to the podcast on the platform that you choose to listen to your podcasts. 
You can also support the show, guys, by using the Amazon links at thehiddenwire.com. So if you like books, you can get all the books that I review there um, and anything else, really, that you like to purchase through Amazon. So use that link. It helps support the show. And we've also got a deal with Audible, guys. Audible is a fantastic way to listen to all your favorite books. We've got a deal with them so you can get two free books when you subscribe or, yeah, subscribe to a 30-day free trial. So check that out, again, at thehiddenwire.com. Guys, that's it from me. You know what to do. Go out there. Breathe more passion into every single moment. Do everything with greater purpose. And in doing so, you will discover your hidden why. This is The Hidden Why. My name is Lee Manutzi. Until next time, peace, passion, and purpose. See you soon.